Welcome to World is Cool. This week we chat with my friends Jason and Holly, also known as the Marvelous Miners. Two years ago, Jason and Holly started the ultimate adventure by saying goodbye to the city and hello to RV living full time. We talk about the challenges of downsizing, rural internet, and boondocking on the East Coast, all with a toddler. If you enjoy our conversation, please be sure to rate and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. So, hey, Jason and Holly, how are you guys doing today? We're doing well, Mike. Hey, we're awesome. Excellent. Um, I am super excited to have you guys uh, on and, and chat. You guys have a very unique version of rural. Kind of tell us about your version of rural, and then we'll, we'll kind of get into the weeds. Yeah, so we live a unique lifestyle in that we full-time in an RV. Um, we have us two adults and our son, Jack. And so that's how we rural. So how close to, so you guys travel around, how yeah. close to big cities do you get? Well, um, we like to visit the cities, but I think visit is mostly like what we like to do. Um, so we don't really want to live in, in the cities. Typically we stay like 30 to 45 minutes outside of a city, which allows us access to like grocery stores and like, you know, all of those kind of things, those comfort things that we all need. If you need to make a run to Target or, you know, wherever you need to go, right? But we don't want to be there. You know what I mean? It's like we say that as we're in a city. We right are now. in a city right now. <laughs> we, don't, we don't really want to be here. We don't want to be here. We're in Las Vegas. <laughs> oh, nice, nice. So, so aside from Las Vegas, when you say city, what is like the population that you're talking? Oh man, mm, I don't know. I don't know population. Numbers. Okay, it has to have like a Target or a Trader Joe's or like Whole Foods. So if it <laughs> has those, that's big enough it's like a city to us i yeah. guess i don't know that's like, a real city that's a real city. yeah that's like a real city <laughs> yeah for me if it has a starbucks it's a city <laughs> yeah <laughs> so so you guys how many miles have you guys traveled oh, oh my gosh. gosh i don't even know how so, many uh this month we just crossed our anniversary two years so for two years we've been doing this full time i i couldn't even tell you mike it's it's quite a bit though we've been all over a lot of the parts of the United States, thousands and thousands, thousands and thousands of miles. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that, that would be an interesting statistic. So when you guys figure that out, let, shoot me a message and let me know. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you guys live full time in an RV. I, I know when you lived in Houston, you had a, a pretty decent sized house. Yeah. So you went from, you know, a couple thousand square feet to an RV. Mm-hmm. How does that work? So originally we went from 2,400 square feet to about a 30 foot class C. So maybe 300 square feet. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, It was a pretty (laughs) big change. We got rid of so much stuff. Um, We just like pretty much gave it away to people. Just neighbors, just rolling our trash can across the street. Like here, just take it, please get out of here. (laughs) We had like three weekends of like garage sales and like moving sales. And, you know, it was, it was quite the transformation to go from kind of like the suburban lifestyle to like, you know, where do we go? You know, where, where, if, you know, that's kind of the cool thing is like, if you could pick anywhere you want to go, like, where would you go? You know what I mean? Like, would you be close to the cities? Would you be in the cities? Would you be way in the middle of nowhere? 
And that's kind of the beautiful thing about what we do is that, you know, we have the ability, like right now we are in the city of Las Vegas. I don't know too much about the city, but like the, the casinos are like several, like two or three miles away. So they're like the strand is right there. And then next weekend, you know, we're going to be in um, Winslow, Arizona, which is outside of Flagstaff, but kind of in the middle of nowhere. So we get to have that experience of like city, you know, suburban and then rural, which is like a little bit further out. What made you guys decide to literally uproot and take your lives on the road? Uh, We needed a change. Jason had just recently lost a job. And I had just had Jack and I was having a hard time going outside. So I thought I I was the one who brought the idea up to Jason. So I thought, why not bring the outside to us? So that's why we bought a tiny little class C and uh, went to state parks, national parks, because it made it so much easier for Jason to work from home and me to be a stay at home mom and still be able to see all these awesome things. Did you guys sell the house right away before you started? Or did you kind of do like some weekend trips, a week here, a week there? We jumped head first. We put the house on the market. We were, we were originally planning to move to Colorado because we just wanted to see more than where we were raised. And we just, when, we just, when we got the idea about full-time in an RV, I don't think either of us had ever stayed in an RV. <laughs> um, we just we put our house on the market. As soon as we went under contract, which was only like a week later, we had an RV picked out and we went and picked it up and bought it and brought it home to our driveway and showed all of our neighbors. And, you know, they all thought we were crazy and probably still do. Um, (laughs) But yeah, it was it was head first, man. It was like, you know, idea to RV in the driveway was just a couple of weeks. You guys got this crazy idea, bought an RV, got rid of all your stuff. Where did you go first? Oh, we went to North Texas, so and then we went to Hot Springs, Arkansas. And how do you decide where to go? So that's that's been kind of an evolution. Like at first, in the beginning, we would like kind of map out where we're going to go, and we would call places, you know, uh, parks or resorts or whatever, and make reservations along the way. But now we've sort of evolved to the fact of like we want to leave ourselves. We don't want to overbook the like the experience of what we're doing, right? So if, if we go to Las Vegas um, and we meet a cool family that's here and they're like, Hey, we're going to see the grand Canyon. We're like, all right, cool. We'll go with you. You know, if we had plans for the next six months, we wouldn't have the ability to do that. So it's like, it's really like, it started off like super edgy. Like, you know, everything was booked six months out. You know, I always felt like anxiety if we weren't booked out, but the growth around what we do and the growth around our lifestyle has led us to just be more kind of as the wind blows. You guys obviously have to pay for this somehow. So yeah. Holly mentioned that she's a, she's a um, stay at RV mom. <laughs> um, so what what type of work do you do, Jason, that allows you to live this nomadic lifestyle? So that's been fairly fairly easy for me. I work in cardiology and I work in the technical side of cardiology. So you know, I was working from home before we sold our house. I mean, I was always kind of working at home. So that made it easy. Um, You know, the conversation with the boss was not easy, but turned out really, really good. And really, uh, like we have a really good relationship. Everybody at work knows what I do and the lifestyle that we live. But yeah, I I work from home. Um, You know, sometimes it's 12 hour days, even though, you know, we're out in these amazing spots. 
you know, I'm working, working 12, 13 hour days and just being crazy, um, at work and still pursuing like a, you know, an active career and pursuing, uh, you know, things that I love to do career wise, but also being able to be wherever we want to be. So it's really been, it's been excellent in that sense where we haven't really had to worry about that. And you're right, Mike, it is expensive. Like most people think like uh, one of the guys at work was like, what are you doing this for, man? You're going to retire in a couple of years. And it's like, man, that's, you know, it's not <laughs> like that. You know, you could spend two or $3,000 a month just in RV parks. And then you have like possibly a, a note for your RV and, or, you know, and or vehicles, cell phones, insurance. It adds up pretty quickly. You can make it really expensive or it can be super cheap. Like you could buy a cheaper RV and renovate it yourself. Yeah. And then just camp on BLM land, which is just free camping. Bureau of so, Land Management. Yeah. So uh, you can do that kind of stuff and make it super cheap or you can stay at parks or you can keep it right in the middle and make it cheaper. It's just more like, manageable. yeah, it's just like real. I say like real life. Like it's just like, <laughs> it's just like most people's life, right? Like you could buy, you could go out and buy a $2 million bus just like you could buy a two million dollar house or you could buy a hundred twenty thousand dollar house and buy or buy you know a thirty or forty thousand dollar rv so it's just like the the price and the budget of whatever meets like your income and what you can afford but the big thing is just to do it you know what i mean that's what we always talk about is just you know you can't wait for the right one you just have to do it and, and that's what worked for us that's uh kind of how we ended up where we're at in the middle of a cornfield is, is just doing it. <laughs> so, so you mentioned that you guys like to stay outside of cities and, and that's, you know, where we're at, right? So for us to get to the nearest target or Walmart or anything like that, it, it's a, a 50 minute drive. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty similar for you guys, right? Yeah. I mean, we recently have several times driven two hours one way to get to a Trader Joe's, but it, it's just part of the life. I mean, you, that's the, that's the most beautiful thing that, that we've learned too, is like, we just adjust. Like if you just allow yourself to adjust to that, it's just normal. Like it's not that big of a deal. You know, it gives us some downtime to where Holly and I can talk, you know, Jack can play on his tablet or whatever, but it's just, you know, sometimes they're good grocery stores, good food. Always. It means a lot to us as a family that we eat like really good, clean food. And so if it takes two hours to drive there or four hours round trip, you know, that's, it is what we do. On a completely side note, Brian mentioned the other night, you are something green, something lean and no bread. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> you literally just brought that up the other night um, yeah, as we were, awesome. as we were eating a loaf of bread. <laughs> so back, awesome. back, back to the conversation here. Um, <laughs> you guys, you, you work from home. Uh, essentially. So how does the internet work when you are traveling all over different places? So we, we rely on cell data. We have multiple lines of unlimited, like truly unlimited data. And we have hotspots. We've got two different hotspots, two different data lines. And we do, you know, the key is to kind of be prepared. So let's say we're going to Winslow, Arizona. Well, there's websites and review sites where we can look up to make sure that the park we're going to be at has adequate data and adequate coverage. On top of that, we've got, you know, cell boosters and big antennas. And, you know, there's been quite a journey and, and a little bit of an investment to get to where we have pretty good internet, but it can be quite challenging, man. Cause like, you know, we're, we're in Vegas right now in the city, um, which you'd think, Hey man, I'm, you know, you're, 
you're probably gonna have really good internet or like good cell coverage and we're struggling whereas like you know we'll we'll be in a park in the middle of nowhere and we'll have great like really fast coverage my, my cell phone is like my arch nemesis here uh, <laughs> after living in houston for for um, over a decade and just being able to you know talk on your phone while you're driving and that when I first moved here, I was in a sales job and I'd be driving between places and be like trying to make a phone call and be like, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> like, why can't I dial my phone? Oh, no signal. Uh, it, it's funny how those little things from our previous lifestyles, we've taken them for granted. Yeah. You know, the, the fact that we had good internet in Houston, we, we took for granted. It, it took us, gosh, a year and a half to get good internet here. <laughs> Yeah, I've, I heard your story on one of your previous podcasts, and it was, seems like quite a journey to get what you've got, like good internet. Yeah. I would, man, I would kill for some like high speed data. You know? <laughs> That's definitely something, you know, that, that when you have it, you take for granted. What other things do you realize now that you were taken for granted that maybe is a little more challenging? Showers. Showers, sure, yeah. <laughs> sometimes showers. There's I mean, a lot, Mike. <laughs> uh, I mean, our shower is really great, and we have a beautiful shower, but we have a 10 gallon hot water heater, and that's all we have for hot water. So, it's if the water pressure is really good at the park and the water flows fast, your shower is going to be like 10 minutes. Yeah, you better get in and get out. And that's hard for somebody with like this, my hair, like I have a lot of hair to like hurry up. <laughs> so do, so you guys were talking about two different types. So you were talking about RV parks and then kind of the, the um, Bureau of Land Management, kind of more of an open space. Right. So do they have the same types of hookups and facilities? I would imagine the RV park has like a shower facility and that kind of thing. Do the other types of facilities you guys, or the other types of places you guys stay at, do they have those same types of facilities or? Uh, like the free, you're talking about the BLM stuff? Yeah. The free, oh, absolutely not. <laughs> they have nothing. <laughs> but if you're in BLM, if you're on BLM land, you're in the middle of just like a national forest or national something. Just a big piece it's of Just property. a big piece of land. And you're generally just out in the middle of, middle of it. So, I mean, to fill up our water tanks sometimes can take upwards of hours mm -hmm. to get water and then bring it back so that we can take showers. So you just take some buckets and, and throw them in the, in the car and go get water at, at the, whatever the nearest facility is for water? Yeah, so we have, we have uh, two 60-gallon uh, water bladders, and those bladders sit in the bed of our truck. And we go basically like there's a website or an app for like anything now. So you can find like potable water on a website and you go, you know, you go fill up that six, two, 60 gallon bladders. You bring 120 gallons back and you pump it. We use the pump to pump it into our freshwater tanks. So it's like, you know, it's quite a process. It's like free and it's typically like you're, you're way out there. So it's kind of special in that way. Like you always get, we always get nostalgic, like talking about boondocking, but while you're doing it, it's like, you know, the showers are like 30 seconds long. You know what I mean? It's like, it can, it's a lot of work. You know, that, that is a lot of the people that I talk to, you know, planning things 
is a lot of work sometimes, you know, like, like when we go grocery shopping, our, our local grocery store has most of what we, we want and need, but there's, you know, certain things. So you plan your, your Walmart, your Target, your extra grocery, your, your Home Depot, all of that. And, and it just takes a lot of planning. And it sounds like your guys' life takes a lot of planning as well. Yeah, it does. And, you know, sometimes you, we land in a, in a city and it's just all works right? Like you, you, you know, the park's amazing. There's great internet where you're at, uh, cell phone internet. Most parks have Wi-Fi, So like, you know, some parks will have great Wi-Fi, and then there's a great grocery store around the corner. So like those weeks or months or however long we're there are like, especially easy. And it allows us to like, stop spending that much time, you know, like planning to do that stuff. And then we can go explore, which is really what we love to do. But sometimes, you know, that's just the, the variety of life when you live in an RV is like, you know, sometimes it takes a couple hour trip to go to the grocery store and you have to plan it out like that. What has been the worst place that you guys have stayed? The, like the craziest? Like, I will never go back there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's, ooh, go ahead. Daisy? Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. my gosh. <laughs> oh, so we stayed at a state park and it's Daisy State Park in Arkansas. and it was cool because it was like real wooded, but we pulled into the site and it was like literally on a, just like a steep hill. And we had Jack, we have Jack. So he's like maybe two. And then at that time, so we're like, okay, he's going to like roll into the water. And then we like, we're going outside and oh, there's just so many bugs out there. It's like a, a haven for bugs. And we were I think we were just walking around right outside of the door and there were just like ticks jumping all over us. And then Jason got in the hammock and we all got like attacked by uh, chiggers. chiggers. <laughs> and he had like so they, hundreds. Yeah, they, were in, they were in the hammock and I lay down in the hammock and they like jump on my back. Oh. And you know, chigger bites, you don't, if in case you or your audience doesn't know, like chigger bites don't just show up right then like a mosquito bite. Like no. it takes 24 hours for them to start showing up. Right. So 24, I like fast forward 24 hours. I start like, Hey, Holly, are you getting like bites on you? <laughs> like <laughs> what's going on around here? And we had, we had already left the park. Like we had gone to a different park. Yeah. And so, you know, we're running through all of like the, do we have a, a bed bug infestation? Yeah. Like we threw away probably $300 worth of uh, blankets and like because <laughs> we thought it was bed bugs it was horrible put it in the trash yeah. but you know that's we just learned that was part of our our learning experience you know that that area of arkansas is very like foresty and musty and hot that's where the bugs just thrive. that's like the bug corridor yeah. of the united states <laughs> yeah. and you they should definitely that. skip over it but i'm sure there's some beautiful scenery Yes. yes. Go during like the winter time when yeah. the bugs aren't active. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so on the flip side of the coin, what, what has been your favorite place to, to stay? Loose Bruce. Yeah. There's a, yeah. so there's this park, like a little bit of a story behind it. When we first started, my dream was to go to Colorado. I'd been when I was a kid, but I wanted to like really explore it because it's just I don't know if you, you or, you know, maybe your audience, it's just so pretty. Like, it's just, it's hard to describe how pretty it is. So like our first entrance into Colorado, I randomly call this park and they got us in and um, we drove from New Mexico up to Colorado. And it's like this park, it's called a uh, Viacito Lake. And it's, um, it's just typical 
Colorado. It's like way up in the mountains. It's 8,500 feet altitude, just this beautiful lake. And, you know, there's blue spruce trees and Christmas trees all through the park. There's like hummingbirds zinging in and out. There's a, like a, a, there was a, a spring like coming out of the mountain that somebody put a pipe in. Um, and you could go fill up with fresh like mountain spring water, your jugs of water. It was just like, it was just beautiful. It's, it still is. And, and uh, yeah, we, we, we spent about four months there that summer. We couldn't leave. Holy cow. Is that the longest you've stayed in a place? Yes. Yeah, I think for so. sure. Yeah. Yeah. But we we're we're gonna we're gonna have to miss it this year, and it's uh, it's one of yeah. those things where we're a little little sad about. So you guys mentioned that you have a son, yes, um, and there's a baby on the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How does how how do kids work into this equation? I, I I can imagine myself living in an RV, but I couldn't imagine trying to to raise a kid. Yeah. It's, you know, it's challenging. <laughs> it can be really hectic, but it's also really rewarding as well because I think Jack is going to, he's really going to grow into a different kind of person than if we were to have kept him in one place, doing the same things over and over, seeing this mostly the same people. He He's such like a extrovert. When we get around people that are kind of more, that live in their houses more and we're we travel so much and they're always they're generally pretty scared or like kind of nervous to talk to us but jack's just like hey come here and he just grabs them and he just walks off with them (laughs) you know he's so he's met so many people and seen so many things he's just not scared you know we were at valley of fire state park and he just took off he's just off into the desert, hiking. you know, hiking, just hiking. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, it's challenging for sure, but you know, it's a, it's also like a growth experience for us. Cause it, it is, there are those times where, you know, it's tough to be in such a close proximity with a three-year-old. Cause you know, yeah. they just, they're always bouncing off the walls and, you know, yelling and screaming. And, and like I mentioned, I have a, like a full-time career that I have, but you know, there's that, the large positive there where he gets to have this really unique childhood yeah. At least for another couple of years. I mean, who knows how long we'll end up doing this. Yeah. Like today we went to the Bass Pro Shop here in Las Vegas and it was, you know, it's awesome. It's humongous. And there's like fish and all this stuff there. And then like a couple of weekends before that, he was on top of mountains in Sequoia National Park playing in the snow. Nice. Mm-hmm. You said that, that in a couple of years, you, you don't know where you're going to be. Have you guys talked about like school and, and education and stuff for, for Jack and, and the, the future baby, or is that something you're just kind of putting off and, until the time comes? Well, it just kind of depends. We have talked about possibly buying land and kind of doing more of part-time instead of full-time traveling. So just like half the year. But if we decide to just continue to travel uh, full-time, we'll just homeschool them. I, I imagine do. that every place you stay would be a little bit of an education. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, you know, you don't have to just talk about the national parks. We could schedule that in for the year and we could go and actually walk around in them. That is amazing. Yeah. What is the, so, so I would, I would imagine the biggest downside is, is the internet connectivity and, and Jason trying to work. <laughs> um, yeah. What, what is the, the best part about your lifestyle? 
What what makes this lifestyle appealing? Gosh, it's, it's so flexible. I can't really, it's hard to put it into words. It's such, it's such a beautiful lifestyle. There's so many lessons that you learn, but you don't know that you're going to learn them. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. But they're all really good. And they're like things that you're going to grow like big time from. So, so what, what is one of those things that you've grown big time from? Jason, I think <laughs> he's more flexible now. I feel like yeah, he's sure. a lot more flexible. He doesn't have to plan as much. I mean, if you agree with that. Yeah. I yeah. And I used <laughs> I to take pride in my planning, but I think uh, learning to be more flexible is something I needed to, to have. You can do things more just like all of a sudden, just like whatever. It's all right. Yeah. We're going to this park tonight. Who yeah. cares? Yeah. Yeah. Just kind of go with the flow kind of thing. But like you said, Mike, like, uh, like if I can kind of add to what Holly was saying, um, you know, like sometimes life, you know, whether we like to admit it or not, but sometimes life gets a little bit like stagnant. You know what I mean? Like, I know that we, I, I remember that feeling in a house where it's just like, I have nothing to do this week. It's just kind of stagnant. And we feel that in our RV, but the beautiful thing is that we know like the, you know, we're we're not going to be in the city and, and pulling into a new park is like this fresh, like brand new, fresh experience. And it kind of always like we, we pull into a new park, you know, it's like this invigorating experience where we get to like, where's the grocery store? Let's go check out the park. Is there a pool? Is there a playground? You know, and, and we get to go like explore the city. And then right as soon as it starts to get stagnant and we get kind of bored with it, it's like time for the next one, you know? Mm-hmm. If somebody were to ask you how to start living, I'm going to call it a nomadic lifestyle. I, I don't know what you guys yeah. call it. Yes. Digital um, nomad. Yeah, for digital sure. Digital nomad. Yeah, that's it. Well, how, how do you start that? I mean, how do you, how do you get going? You just have to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I have a, we have an Instagram um, and I make, uh, it's the marvelous miners. Um, so I make reels about it. I just made a reel, uh, which is kind of like a TikTok. Um, and it's, you can plan and plan all you want, but you just kind of have to find a, a place that you're comfortable and say, okay, I feel good enough to leave and I'm going to leave now. It's just that first hurdle is just t- getting yourself to be like, it's okay I'm going to be okay. And then jumping that first hurdle. That's the, that's the hardest one to jump yeah. is just taking that first little step there. As in most things in life, the hardest step is that first one. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> I've talked to a couple of people who have, have moved into rural settings and they say the hardest, one of the hardest things that they find is if they have no ties to that community, you know, making friends and, and getting to know people. I imagine that's a whole nother level for you guys. Cause you're not with the same people. I mean, Jack probably just walks up and is best friends with everybody, but how do you guys as adults yeah, do I, it? It just ties right back into our Instagram. Actually, we have almost 10,000 people now and I can kind of just put out a a message and say, Hey, we're going to be in Las Vegas. Who else is here? And I'll get people reaching back to us, um, telling us that they're here and, and we'll go hang out with them. 
in Tucson, I, I mean, I just made like an Instagram story of us showing up there and I got like 10 people messaging me, telling me that they're at that exact same park. So we hung out with so many people. That is, that is neat. Uh, the, the things that you couldn't do without social media, right? Yeah. Yeah. If we didn't have social media, I mean, we'd probably, I mean, that's kind of what we did at that park. We really loved Blue Spruce. We just talked to whoever, really. Mm-hmm. You just kind of talk to whoever. The community, this like RV lifestyle, everyone is very nice and they're very like, they'll just talk to you. It doesn't matter who you are. Just, they just, talk to you so our neighbor next door could be our best friends for the rest of our lives we just haven't talked to him yet yeah Uh, it's like you guys moved to a a new little town every 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 park you visit yeah Yeah, it is that's a good way to put it Uh, Uh is is there some something freeing about knowing that it's temporary though (laughs) yes definitely (laughs) yeah yeah for sure yeah, who, cares, like, who cares if I make an ass out of myself? I'm not going to be here next week. Um, <laughs> I've, I've said that to Jason before. I'm like, we'll never see these people again. Yeah. So who cares? Just do it. <laughs> and then the next park, you're parked next to them. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's happened before. <laughs> um, so th- there is a great movie out right now. I think it was on Netflix, um, Nomad Land. Oh, okay. Um, it is about a, a woman who works at um like she loses her job kind of thing and then she works at an amazon packing facility on the ho- uh, for the holidays and then just kind of does odd jobs in between and, and moves around um have uh, you guys seen oh, that not the movie we've talked to a lot of people that that aren't digital nomads but are nomads what makes their lifestyle different than what like a nomad versus a digital nomad what's the difference a, a digital nomad is somebody who just works online and then they also are nomadic. Yeah. So if you have an online job that you keep maybe a nine to five or a business, like some of our friends, they have their own business online. So they work digital online and they're nomads, but like a nomad, like we have some friends that are nomad and they nomads and they kind of, they find a new job every place that they go and then pack everything up and then find another or go to another city. And they don't even, sometimes they don't even know where they're going to be working. They just find a job, but some people have kind of jobs lined up. If that makes sense. That definitely would take a different type of person than me. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You have to really like let go of that, like control, I guess, Mm -hmm. just like, I'm going to just, I guess I'll have a job in the next city. Yeah, I don't know. We'll find a way to make it work. Yeah, which is interesting. I mean, it's fun in its own way. Man. If that's so, what works for you, that works for you. Right. It's each is their own. <laughs> um, yeah. So if you guys ever decide to settle down, will, will you go back to where your families are in, in no. Houston or? <laughs> no. <laughs> Take some time to think about that. <laughs> no. Absolutely no. Um, we will not <laughs> uh, sorry it, it's yeah, always we, good we, to have houston a plane right away right <laughs> <laughs> yeah a um, good long plane right away yeah <laughs> right one of the last questions i like to ask people is is what their biggest piece of advice about where they live is 
So I guess for you guys, what is the biggest piece of advice that that you would give somebody with the nomadic lifestyle? What's that piece of advice you wish somebody would have told you? <laughs> That's a tough one. Yeah, that is a tough one. I mean, I hate to sound cliche, but I would probably just say trust the process. We have family that like wants to do this one day and I can see them stressing the details, you know, what RV is perfect, what scenario is going to make you happy, what setup do you absolutely have to have to, to make everything flow in your life. And it's just not like that. It seems like you can't survive without the stuff that you have in your house, but yeah. you will be fine. Yeah. Everything is going to work out. You're always going to have food. You're always going to have water, electricity. You will be fine. Yeah. You mentioned a Instagram account. If people wanted to find you guys online and kind of uh, watch your journey, where, where can they find you? Well, we have a YouTube channel as well. The Marvelous Miners. Um, still working on getting more consistent with that. And then we're very consistent on the Marvelous Miners on Instagram. Um, I am always putting out information uh, daily. So you can find us at those two places. Excellent. I will make sure to put those in the show notes so everybody can find those. I certainly uh, appreciate you guys taking the the time to uh, have a chat and kind of teach us about your nomadic lifestyle and and how it's kind of the same as, as living in the middle of a cornfield. You, your, your, your cornfield just changes a little bit. Yeah. We have different cornfields. <laughs> we might have soybeans next year. Um. Yeah. Uh, thanks for taking the time to listen today. I hope you enjoyed this episode of World is Cool. There are many more great conversations to come. Hitting the subscribe or follow button will help make sure you don't miss any. If there's someone you think I should talk to, send me an email at worldiscoolpod at gmail.com. I truly enjoy meeting rural people and helping tell their stories. This episode was produced by Brian Ferris. The artwork is by Casey Schott. Do me a favor and be sure to rate and review us in Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. This helps more people like you find us. Until next time, remember, rural is cool.